Because if I'm not intrinsically adopting the fact that the only person who can ever fulfill my life is me, then I will always be empty because someone else can't give me that. She's a picture man. <laughs> you Actually. do you. Yeah. Listen guys, this bit is about being unapologetically you, okay? Hello! <laughs> Get heart centered. Everybody has a story. Like it's a choice. Anybody can get a massage and do a face mask. Ladies, how them bits? What up guys, it's Lens. It's Allie. It's Raina. And it's Amanda, and today we have episode 35 that was actually inspired by um, a moment that happened in Allie's classroom a few days ago, and it was such a powerful one that we felt really compelled to actually center an episode around it. You guys, I just have such an open kind of line of communication with the kids. If you don't know a lot about me, I am a high school theater teacher, so we're not in your standard desk type of classroom. The kids like to share lots of problems, lots of issues. And it was funny because the girls and I were um, on a Zoom call. So they overheard some students who had popped in right before summer break here just to say goodbye. And they were kind of talking in the background. I don't know, Amanda or Linz, do you want to kind of chime in? Because it was you guys that overheard the conversation. I gave my brilliant teacher two bits, but you guys kind of stepped it up to the next level to which we then springboarded to this conversation. You were talking with the students and I think it was a group of about four, four guys that were, that were chilling on the couch and they were just waiting for you to get off your call so they could, you know, this wasn't during school hours, this was after the fact and they were just waiting to kind of connect with you and say bye for the summer. And one of them was talking about a breakup and how they had just gotten their heart shattered. I mean, come on guys, high school, you get your heart, it's the end of the world, you know. So Allie looks at us and says, oh, you know, he's going through some, some girl troubles. And I just, in my typical fashion, spouted off at the mouth and said, you know, someday you're going to find someone, probably multiple people, but someone that's going to make you forget about that person and forget about why you were so heartbroken. And you're really going to fall in love and, and create this, this relationship in which Amanda chimed in. And that's where we're at. What did you say, Amanda? Well, um, I, my gut response to reply to this student who did have their heart broken, um, you know, after Lindsay shared, you know, one day you're gonna find somebody and they're gonna be somebody that really appreciates you. And my gut response was, and it's going to be you. It was the most quick though, genuine, like you literally believe that to your core response. And I think that was what was most powerful about it. And the whole room went silent. Like my teens stood there and it was like a bit of lightning hit their skulls. And they were like, it is me. It is me. <laughs> and then not just the teens, but the three of us kind of felt that to our core with Amanda too, because I think when you look at your life, you realize how many times you don't choose you right? Or that we don't put ourselves first or that we actually go all in and make all these sacrifices and um, compromise our integrity and who we are because we think other people are going to fill those voids in us or that we need that love. We need those things. And yes, human connection is brilliant, but it was such an amazing moment that not only taught my lovely teens, but the three of us just jaws dropped and we were like, we need to talk about this. So, I mean, girls, let's, let's, let's unpack the truth behind it. We have to choose us. Well, oh. my, oh, sorry, go Lindsay. 
<laughs> I was going to say how fucking transformative it is when you're 18 years old to hear, or for me, I was 17 when I was a senior in high school, to hear, and it's going to be you. To be given the option, I don't think personally that I even knew it could be me until I was 30. I didn't even know. The thing is, though, you know, at 17 or 18 or however old they are, they don't know the depth of that yet. You know what I mean? So they hear that and they're probably like, wow, that was like, yeah, they're like, cool, you know. But us, you know, I I remember Amanda said that and I looked at the three of us because we were on like this, all four of us on this podcast and all of us were just like, we were just like so taken back by like, holy, holy shit. What did she just say? Like, how powerful is that one simple statement that she heard, but it is funny because they, you know, they have no idea the power that that, that that holds or what that even means. Well, I think what made it such a knee jerk gut reaction was thanks to um, the growth through year after year after year, including my high school years of never ever believing that or even factoring and considering it. And as somebody who always found myself happy to be best supporting actress or standing beside the lead who was always my my significant other at the time, I always looked to them like whatever they touched turned to gold. And I never regarded myself as someone who instead could be the most valuable gem I've ever discovered. And that whole, that, that, that entire time in my life as a high school student was always revolving around bending over backwards for somebody else to have that be my validation that I am worthy of that love and I am uh, worthy of appreciation. When years later, you know, many years later, and quite frankly, it was really a discovery that happened after or in the midst of the heaviest bout of depression and the first bout of depression I ever had was realizing that that is external validation and it can never be, it will never be the way that I find value in myself. Because if I'm not intrinsically adopting the fact that the only person who can ever fulfill my life is me, then I will always be empty because someone else can't give me that. I think it takes years for people to grasp that though don't you agree like I, you were talking oh, yeah. about high school and I just put myself in back in high school for a second and you know I had a boyfriend my sophomore year that I had through senior year who you know probably cheated on me so many times that I just remember sitting in my living room and you know we didn't have a cell phone then and so it was like I was sitting in my living room and I'd pick up the phone and I'd call him no answer and then hang up and then like okay maybe I'll wait five minutes and just you're really just like waiting for this for someone else to make you feel good. And I honestly don't think I ever grasped that until high school's done, marriage number one is done, and you're like left by yourself to say, oh shit, you know what I mean? It really is me. You guys, you I'm still working on that. Sorry, Linz. Like, I am still working on that I need to put myself first. And like, let's give these teenagers credit because in the sense of, God, those years are just sticky and gross. And like, we're, you're, all you want to do is make out in the backseat of a car and hope your parents don't notice. Like, that's all it. it. That's it, right? The growth is so... Um, it's so simple, but yet so complex in those teenage years. But then you get into your 20s and there's... I mean, you don't really have that guidance still. I found still in the 30s, I was still confused. I was going to ask where you think it comes from. I always want to know, right, where shit comes from. So, and I only can ever go through my own lens. So 
for me, I did not grow up in a house where I watched a woman choose herself. I did not grow up in a house where I watched a woman stand up for herself and say, no, or I want this, or this is my opinion. I still don't see her do that. And so it's very challenging at times to remind myself like your self-worth does not lie in the hands of someone else, right? Even a parent. And I think it's so hard when we are teenagers because we only really know love at that age through our parents, right? We only know what love is because it's been modeled or not modeled by the people that are in the house that we grew up in. And so it's, it's that struggle to kind of understand, like, I remember being in high school and watching my friends have certain kinds of relationships and I didn't have that kind of relationship and I didn't understand why until I was much older. And it's because that's not, that's not what was modeled. And so I was, I was raised to believe that my happiness was going to come from someone else believing in me or loving me or that my happiness, that my self-worth lied in the hands, right. Of someone else. And I think I carried that until I moved out of my parents' house and was living on my own and having relationships of my own and kind of still not choosing myself, like I said, till the age of 30, because I didn't know, honestly, that I could until I made girlfriends that told me, hey, I don't think you're being treated right. And but wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be so beautiful if we could start choosing us without some catastrophic event having to be dropped yes. into our laps, some sort of depression, a bad relationship, a divorce, you know, like these things that literally make you shake your head and have to do an about face and turn. I just, I wish that we had tools at a young age to start this process of realizing that we are worthy and we can choose me. It's so my, like, you know, I think episode 20 through 30, we talked so much in, in LA, we talked so much about how much stemmed from our childhood. And even Lindsay, just bringing that up, I like put myself, I like step back and I'm like, okay, what did, like, what did I see growing up? And it's, whoa, like how, no wonder we are so programmed to be looking for the next person to fix things, to fix something for us. Right. You know, my mom, I was thinking, and you're like, well, my mom didn't like teach me whatever. And, and, and I look at my mom and I'm like, she taught me so much. She taught me strength and, you know, perseverance and to like, keep going and put and like, and something good is going to come from all of these things. But I also look at her and I say, okay, she, while she had that attitude of like, I'm going to do this. She was going from marriage to marriage, to marriage, to marriage. So I saw this strong being, but I also saw her, her hopping. And so you know, what did I miss as a child in between there? It was, it was, she didn't have it in her, you know? That's well, why that's... I always bring it back because she wasn't capable of choosing her in the way that we are, right? Different time. Exactly. I, I think that that's true too. And what I realized just listening to what Lindsay just shared about reflecting on her high school moments is I was... Uh, the worst of me was always brought out whenever I was fighting to be with someone to feel whole. Every time I fought to be with somebody, every characteristic that I loved about myself, every moral, every value, every best intention, every possible level up 
was always abandoned, neglected, and seriously, I don't even recognize myself in some of the behaviors I showed to my friends, to my family as a sibling um, for every moment that I fought to be in a relationship. I regret it. I mean, whatever. What can we regret? The past is the past that's gone now. But what I'm, I, I just wish, and sometimes I wish I could just, you know, shake myself and wake myself up because my best self emerged and not just emerged, but flourished and thrived when I realized that loneliness is a, is a blaring signal that you are in desperate need of yourself. And hopping from person to person to try to fill that void should be the signal that we teach ourselves that you desperately need to spend time alone right now. You need to realign. You must reconnect. And every minute you spend chasing someone else to do that is time wasted from the number one relationship you are not fostering a positive environment with. Well, how do you see others is how you see yourself, right? Everything's a mirror. Everything's a fucking mirror. And every relationship is what you're putting out into the world. And so I didn't, until I got into really intensive therapy, (laughs) understand that to have a relationship that wasn't based on codependency and enmeshment and toxicity, but a relationship where I came as me and focused on me first, no matter what, so that I could then be that for someone else. It's like changing the lens. I know Raina's really good at talking about switching lenses, like to put on a lens that makes you realize hold on, I'm looking at, if you guys could see, they're putting their fingers up in front we of their face, like just, lenses. I love I it. I hope we're the visual of some of these are shared mess. because it's, yeah, we're a mess. I hope so too, because as Amanda was sharing what she just shared that I couldn't write down fast enough, I screamed because I muted, fuck, really loud because it's so, it's so true and earth shattering when you realize that how you see others is how you see yourself. And if you are desperately seeking something from someone else, it's your inner child screaming that you're desperately seeking that for yourself. And how often do we hear of people leaving a relationship and there is no me time, right? It's, it's, it's ending one relationship and jumping straight into something else, thinking that this next thing is going to be what fulfills us. When in reality, you know, I, I heard so many times after the divorce that I had that like, if I don't fix the underlying issues that I have, I'm going to carry every single thing I have into the next, every issue I have into the next relationship. And I think that is where, you know, we, it becomes so toxic as you're leaving one toxic person to go to another toxic person to go to another toxic person. When in reality, the real toxic person is ourselves. I think that there's such a great like shift into growth also, because right now, as Amanda was saying all that, I was thinking about Oh, the poor little Allie who was chasing, you know, different guys or compromising who I was and um, staying in things for too long when I knew that I shouldn't like just being too scared to do these things. And now being obviously out of those relationships, looking back, my heart breaks for myself, like in a way, like I go, oh my God, what piece was I missing? And on one hand, I hate putting it onto the mom. Like I, I really do it. It I get it. We can look at them, but me being a mother, it, it gives, makes me hyper aware of like, I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I don't want to mess up my own children. But I also think that there is something to be said for the word integrity and that I always try to come back right now 
because I'm older and I'm a little bit wiser and those things were more life events. Now I'm looking back and I, my heart breaks for the young Allie, but I, I think to myself, and what I doing and is everything that I'm saying and doing in align with the integrity that I hold and who I want to be and how I want to show up. And if those things, when they don't feel right, you guys, you know that, that little prickly, the voice, and you're like, yeah, yeah, I should, ah. like, there's just that, that voice, that feeling, and that's your integrity talking to you, that you are not, you are not in alignment. I, I feel that deeply. And, and I want to just echo what Ali said too. Um, to a certain degree, the biggest reason why the realizations I made about needing to stand in my own power alone was because I had to learn that for myself. And it was because it wasn't something that was modeled necessarily for me, but rather I was willing to step up to the plate and do that hard internal work to realize that. And I think that, you know, the biggest reason why it's something that ended up becoming very much ingrained in who I am was because I realized everything that I was looking for to get from somebody else could be something that I create for myself. I don't know about you, but I went through like a really uh, terrible breakup um, a few years ago. Um, it sort of catalyzed into what became the bout of depression and PTSD and all sorts of things and panic attacks. And one thing I realized on my journey back to myself was I've never even eaten alone in a restaurant before. I've never even gone to a movie alone before. I've never gone shopping, you know, whatever, just in the sense of being by myself and not having someone else in mind to shop for. I've never um, traveled by myself. I had never traveled alone before as a woman. And up until then, it, I was the first friend, um, sibling person I knew who lived alone. I had lived alone for four and a half, almost five years. I couldn't look to a parent for that. They you know, got married and moved in together. None of my friends did that. So I felt very much alone in even my experiences. And I had people who said, you know, why don't you just go on casual dates? Why don't you just do this and, you know, find a way to fill that void? And I realized that wasn't going to be the answer that would get me to the next level of myself because the reason I was aching so much was because I thought it had to come from a different person. So I don't know about you guys, but I'd be curious, like, had you ever gone on dates with yourself? Have you, have, had you ever dated yourself um, until you were in your thirties or like, what did you guys do for that? I think I, Lindsay's number one person to date is herself. Like Lindsay loves dating. Lindsay, I know. Lindsay. I was sitting here doing everything with herself. For everything. First of all, I got to say, I was sitting here taking notes always. Couple things, Amanda, fucking mind blown. Um, you said something, and I don't know if you realize that you said it. You started sharing a, with the lens I was talking about, the lack versus the abundance lens. Most people, me included, spend the majority of their life thinking they're not enough or they can't attain enough to become full enough. And you said, not from a, I'm not enough, but from a, I have everything I need within me or I can acquire it. You literally said, could be something I create within myself. Meaning, yeah, I don't have this skill. I'm going to learn it. I don't love myself. I'm going to learn how. I don't know how to date myself. So I'm going to learn how. I don't know how to be in relationships with others. So I'm going to be in a relationship with myself instead of going, I'm not enough. Because most of not wanting to be alone has nothing to do with not wanting to be alone, right? It's, it's that you just don't think you're, you're enough. You don't think that you're whole. And so that that was everything. And when I went through trauma therapy to be able to be in the relationship that I am in today, 
it was about dating myself and about learning like, yeah, you need to figure out, and I'm a loner. So there was a difference between doing shit alone because I had mad social anxiety and just didn't want to fuck with people versus doing things alone intentionally with, with like sitting with your food and going, okay, I'm going to nourish my body today and having a different, like a conversation with yourself instead of just, okay, I'm going to go eat this burger and be alone because I hate people. It's, it's a very different lens. And so I love that you said that because every person has everything that they need or they don't, and they are capable of acquiring those things. And I just thought that was so beautiful. It's, it's so interesting because just piggybacking on that, like I'm thinking about all the pictures that you see in social media, right? Um, especially, you know, even in the last 10 years, you see pictures of couples, people getting married, everybody hashtag couples goals. There's no one taking a photo of themselves in a movie theater, hashtag single goals, whoop, whoop, like hashtag by myself drinking goals, hashtag meditate. I will say, <laughs> I will say, you know, I, Amanda and I have talked a lot about her previous relationship because there were a lot of things that were happening around, you know, my relationships that we just, we were able to talk about a lot. And I remember, you know, after the divorce, taking those couple of years to just totally be by myself, you know, having that year or two years where I was just actively going and traveling and being by myself, just, it was the fuel I needed to, to have that confidence to walk with every single day, to make, you know, choices for me to be able to, yeah. And, and I was that person that would go to a movie theater and take pictures of my my feet by myself. Here's my candy by myself in the movie theater. I would go out to eat by myself. And guys, that 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 experience changed everything. Like finally changed everything. Where you could you know leave the house and say I don't I don't have to ask permission for this. I don't have to ask permission for that. I can go here. I don't have to tell anybody. I can do whatever I want. And there's so much freedom I think that comes with that. But. Don't you think that evolves? Because here, I have a question for you guys, because I was someone that kind of bounced into different relationships. I liked people. <laughs> and uh, maybe I do need, I should have slowed down a bit. I but, love people. <laughs> but I'm curious as to, did you guys take that time in the beginning because of like, uh, like almost like a scared reaction, like, well, I'm not getting involved in a relationship again for a while, therefore evolving into that self journey. I think that a lot of people don't be so hard on yourself that after a relationship, you're like, this, uh, this is myself. Like, I'm wondering if that kind of morphed for both of you. And then you became conscious of, Hey, this is a beautiful chance for me to pour into me post and, and to reflect on that relationship and all this sort of stuff. But I just know that for a lot of people, you get out of a relationship and the, the idea is like, I'm not getting back into that ever again. You know, I want to share something because it just now clicked and having Amanda on here is kind of just like, whoa, because, you know, I divorced and when I divorced, I, I don't know how to even say it without it sounding super slutty. But after I divorced, I started having a conversation with somebody who is a male <laughs> who you know, I really confided in who really allowed me to kind of get through my divorce and move on and, you know, feel like it was going to be okay. I got really close to a male. Okay. And so during that time, you know, it wasn't until probably a year later when Amanda and I were driving in a car and we were sharing, 
our past, her past relationship and she was talking about it. And then I was sharing this, you know, deep friendship, I would call it, that I was having with this male. And I was starting to develop feelings, like strong feelings. And I had had them from the point of divorce on. And so the wake up moment, I guess, for me was, was Amanda almost saying what you said to those teenage boys, almost saying like, you know, it wasn't until I was able to get out of that relationship where I was able to really focus on me. And it was just this aha moment I had as we were driving being like, no, fuck that. No, like, no, like this person isn't that person for me. This person is, is a friendship and it's not, you know, I was almost finding myself where I was looking to that male figure to get me through what I was going through. Does that make sense? Well, it was comfortable. It becomes comfortable for you if you've been in a relationship and you've had somebody nurturing your needs, right? To then kind of look for someone else to take care of those needs. And that's sort of when you realize like, holy shit, I've never taken care of my own needs. I don't even know what my fucking needs are. And nobody, nobody is going to be able to meet these needs if I don't know how to meet these for myself. And I'm not even talking sexually. That's like the last part of it. I mean, cook your, like learn how to cook yourself a meal. Like learning how to cook for myself has been such a revolution of self-love because I didn't know how. And just being with yourself in silence. I think there are so many people who can't just sit with themselves in silence. Like there's so many powerful things I think that go on in your mind and your confidence and the way you carry, like in every single factor of your life that come when you can just sit in stillness with yourself. Or that transition, that transition to going to bed by yourself, right? Like, and really loving that, you know, nighttime ritual for yourself and being alone in a room and, and and crawling into your safe space. Like that was a huge one for me. And then I also remember when I was at the place where I wanted to allow a relationship in, that was the last, I was like, dude, you can't come into my bed. Like I wanted that space. Like I didn't want an all night cuddle. I was like, but I got to have my time here, people. Like, I, yeah. I became very, prote- let's just say, I became very protective of the space that I had worked hard to get. But you can keep that space within a relationship. And I think that's, I mean, that granted, that is why I have the relationship that I have, because I am unwilling to give up any of my space. And that's what alternative relationships are. But I think that in a normal relationship still, guys, like you get to have that space still. And so many, I watch so many of my own friends, not you guys, but so many friends just kind of let that space go away because then they get married and they're like, well, now this is our space. And it is your guys's family space. Yes. But you're allowed, especially as a woman, right? As a person, okay. To have your own things. And I still have my nighttime routine that I do, whether Jake is standing there or not. I still go through my skincare. I still go through my my whole thing because it's the routine I created when I was alone. And then I just adopted that to to mesh with a person. I love that. And I want to touch on something you said, Lindsay, a little earlier where you mentioned how um, you know, expecting someone else to meet your needs. When the fact is, is that if you've never taken the time to be on your own, you don't even know what the hell your own needs are. You're so tone deaf to what exactly lights you up, to what your hobbies are, to what makes you feel creative. And for a really long time, when I started to date myself, that was part of my homework, was me. It was painting more. It was I mean, I'm somebody with like 25 left feet, but I joined a freaking dance class and now dance is part of my life and it's years later. And 
it was being willing to travel by myself and, and experience where do I want to go today? Wherever the fuck I want. Like it was such a valuable confidence booster. Like seriously, it was a confidence booster to be able to realize I don't need to confide in someone else, you know, a significant other to be validated, to be heard. Because really I've never taken a second to hear myself. And so when I had, I actually had somebody on social media um, message me the other day um, and say something to the effect of, wow, you know, what I hope that your relation, I could find a relationship that's like the one that you're in, uh, you know, and maybe it won't be as convenient as yours ended up being, but, you know, at least I'm sitting in my home and I'm not really getting out there, but maybe it'll be, it'll fall into my lap or it can be convenient like that for me. And I had a gut reaction. I replied saying, not a fucking thing about what this relationship is with the person who is now in my life was convenient. I spent month after month working on myself alone. I decided to not be with another person because I needed myself. I invested monetarily in paying a mental health care professional. I bought the fucking plane ticket. I bought the bus ticket. And all of the years of hard internal work I went through one day led to me sitting on a bus beside the person I'm now with. And so none of it is convenient. And if you think it falls into your lap, it's because again, you think it's supposed to be handed to you, but your relationship with yourself is the number one investment of your time, energy, and effort you will ever make. And sadly, I think we fall at the bottom of the list time and time again. I can't wait for you to share your story. Like for us to have <laughs> an episode where we get to hear but there is so much power in your story. I can't wait for people to hear it. And I just want to say like on that note, I think for me, the most powerful feeling of all of it is knowing that I'm okay and I don't need anyone, right? I am yes. okay by myself, but my partner compliments me and grows me and makes me a better person. You know what I mean? I think deep down, that's why it's so crucial to take that time for yourself. It is. And I need to highlight this one word you just said. Everybody repeat after me. A relationship is not meant to complete you. It's meant to complement you. So the very fact that that decision of letting someone in, and maybe we can talk about this more in depth at some other point for sure. But, um, you know, even Ali mentioned, like, was there a brief moment of you saying, ah, no, 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 my heart's been broken. I don't even want to let someone else in. And the answer often is yes, but it's by finding that relationship with yourself that you realize love is the greatest superpower. There is no act of vulnerability and courage greater than rebuilding the shattered pieces and recognizing with your own two hands, you can do that just as with your own two hands, you can let love back in. Now let's build on this because I think that what's so interesting is our, our demographic, I would guess, I would say 50-50 are single and maybe 50 are in that relationship and maybe you haven't had the time to look after yourself and maybe you're listening to this and it triggers something in you where you're like damn it i wish i had i should have oh, i should have not i don't want to have that be a recording going through some woman's head right now even today 
where we are at, the four of us, we still look after ourselves first. And I think let's unpack that because we're really talking a lot about those moments in time where we chose to be alone. But I would say like, guys, I am not alone at all right now in quarantine and COVID 24 seven, I am never alone. So how do we as a collective female body, because that's who we're really talking to, is how do you take time for yourself? How do you, how do you still prioritize you when maybe you don't have that alone space? I love, there's something called a micro meditation that a woman named Molly Woodhull does and it, she owns Woodhull Wellness and it, it changed my life because I don't have kids. I don't have any of that crazy craziness <laughs> for a reason. Um, so I can take all the minutes I need, but for, for most of the world that has children, you don't have that time, right? Like you said, Ali. So take a micro minute for yourself and just take your hand and put it over your heart and just and take a breath and know that you're safe within yourself. And then maybe, you know, and do that as many times as you need to throughout the day, even if it's while you're in the bathroom before you come out of the bathroom, you know, because you can't do it in the, in the chaos while, while your kids are running around you, but you definitely have to go to the bathroom at some point during the day. So you could do it while you're sitting on the toilet and, and promise yourself in that moment, right? I'm going to do this more often. I'm going to give you this breath more often. Maybe you do it for a minute longer next time. That's where I would start. I can't tell you how many bathroom hideouts I've had as a mom. <laughs> like, no joke. I'm glad you brought that up at the end because I was going to interrupt being like, I've hid out in so many bathrooms. Like, that's, that is my thing. I, I say, okay, my family's out doing all of this. Kind of, and we're in a small loft, so it's a little bit different. Like, I don't have that separate space. But I will go in the bathroom and just shut the door and just sit for five minutes, you know, and I'm lucky I don't have the little fingers under the door because they're 14 and 12. So they're not like, mom, what are you doing? You know? But also movement, like I know, you know, Dr. Lundy touched on that, like movement for me is my, that is where I get my me time. I get to put my headphones in or I get to blast my music on the speaker. And it's just like, my kids just walk by and they know not to come and like, ask me a question. It's like, that's mom's time, you know? I think that one thing I can offer is pay attention to how much time you spend on social media. I'm sorry, but I know everybody, no matter what the circumstance is of, of the reality of your lifestyle, your routine, your schedule, all this and that, everybody is online. So for me, my self-care is getting the fuck off social media, first of all. Second of all, evaluating what do I need to do to fill this space that does make me feel the way I'm searching for in something else. And in this case, that something else is social media. So relationships are more than just the significant other, right? So in that moment, if you're scrolling on the couch, maybe take that time to say, actually, actually, this could be a minute where I go sit outside for like five minutes, or I do a deep breath and a meditation, or maybe you are somebody who likes to read, or maybe you grab some, you know, a book and and take a bath, or maybe you are an artist and you paint, or maybe you learn a freaking dance on TikTok or something. But again, that's social media. But you know what I'm saying is just, what do you do to take the time to unplug a little bit so that you can tune back in? I, I love that. And it, it's funny because we're filming this right now. And right after we record, I have an appointment with my therapist. <laughs> so even, <laughs> even you in the- go ahead and cancel it. I think we did the job. Yeah, actually, I'm not going to need your services. I got the lady bits. Um, 
<laughs> but I think all four of us have sought out mental health counseling. Yep. Yes, we have. And I just want to like really, you know, reiterate that that is something that is a lifelong journey that you should be, you know, giving yourself that time to unpack your mind and, you know, being a full-time worker and a busy mom and, you know, all these things kind of compiling together, I still take that time to check in with myself. And guys, sometimes I need that third party. (laughs) I've had so many people since going, since coming out about going to a therapist, like people are responding, being like, thank you for sharing this. You know what I mean? I think that it's something that people don't talk about enough, that it is okay to go to therapy. It's like, for me, it's like I leave and I, I am just a new person in that, in that one hour session. I'm just, I have a different light that I carry. I think the other day, Lindsay and I were talking to you and uh, it was post-therapy and we were like, girl, you are glowing. Like there's a, there's, yeah. yeah, you kind of change your state after these things. And I think whether it's unplugging from social media, taking care of your mental health, getting some movement in, these things don't have to be done when you're single. They can be done when you're in a relationship, single, anything like that. And so guys, what we just want you guys to really think about is your journey with you. How can you show up for your beautiful soul today? God, I love that. I love everything that we talked about. Ladies, if you have a craving to know yourself deeper, look within, take a look at your bits. Until we talk next time. Hey, Lady Bits. Thanks again for tuning in and listening to our podcast. The way this community really grows and supports one another is simply by word of mouth. We would really appreciate it if you could head over and rate and review our podcast on iTunes. Then go check out our social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And go like, share, comment, and subscribe to all of it. This community is really to support women, educate women, and also just to help you find your voice. So until next time, take care of the bits you've got.